Welcome to the Halakha Hour here on JRoot Radio. We are filming and broadcasting live on jrootradio.com. Today is, I believe, Hit. Let me just check again all the time. Today is Hit Adar Alif Tafshin Ayn Vav. We are broadcasting live. The numbers to the station is 718-683-5858. As we say every week, please call in at the end of the class at 3 o'clock. We'll take your questions off the air. Unless we finish the subject that we speak about, then we'll let you know if it's earlier. The best way to reach us with questions or comments is at 347-927-8398. We are in the middle of the discussion of the Halachot of Mukseh. We are getting towards the end of the Halachot of Mukseh. Before we begin, I would like to give a special thank you to Rav Gavriel Rimi, who got me here on time. Even though I'm late, but still, it's pretty much on time, otherwise I've been later. Okay, let's get back to our halakhot. Last week we spoke about some very, very important rules. And I know that last week's class really was more towards the men. We have men and women both listening. I usually try to keep it, you know, that uh, something that's applicable to everybody. But I felt that when it comes to these laws, these subjects, there's a lot of um, confusion, a lot of uh, misunderstandings. So I wanted to clarify the subject. Listen, you know, I, I'll tell you the truth. Even though I said last week, this is only for the men, I, I had some of the phone calls that called later by some woman who said, you know, that they enjoyed the class very much. So I guess it wasn't so, uh, you know, complicated. Baruch Hashem. So we left off because of the timing last week. We didn't have the chance and we have the ability to really go through all the introduction that we needed to know regarding the concept of mukseh. Mahmat Isur. So we want to review very quickly what we said, some of the main points that we said last week. If anybody would like, obviously, some further understanding or more clarity, you'll have to go to the archives on jradio.com. Uh, we'll review those, some of the small points, and then we'll pick up where we left off from and complete this introduction before we go back to the words of the Benish Haim Prashad Vayigash. <clears throat> Let's review. We mentioned that there was three mahlokot in Masichet Shabbat, in the laws of Shabbat between Rabbi Shimon and Rabbi Yehuda, where we usually rule like Rabbi Shimon. The third area with this mahlokot that we mentioned was in the area of Hukot Mukseh. And there the Gemara says that we hold like Rabbi Shimon. In fact, the Rishonim rule like Rabbi Shimon. However, we mentioned that in general, in general, we rule like Rabbi Shimon in the concept known as no mukseh. There was a mahlokit. According to Rabbi Yehuda, yes, yes mukseh. According to Rabbi Shimon, there is no mukseh. We clarified that the poskim bring down, this doesn't mean that the, all the laws of mukseh don't exist according to Rabbi Shimon. Rather, Rabbi Shimon himself agrees to the majority of the practical laws of mukseh, such as mukseh mahmad gufo, like stones, things that don't ha- they are not utensils. Or, Mukseh Mahamat Hesron Kis, something that's Eklis Mahtole Isi, that's very expensive. Or, Eklis Mahtole Isu, Rabbi Shimon agrees that you cannot move it for, the, you cannot move Eklis Mahtole Isu, such as a hammer or a pen, for the sake of the hammer or the pen. That means if you want to protect it, it has to be because you need to use it for something that's mutar. Even Rabbi Shimon agrees. The area. That they argue on, we mentioned they're only very specific. And therefore, a person can be misled, or there can be a lot of misunderstanding. Like, I, I'm telling you what I personally, you know, so when I learned 
the Masechet Shabbat, and you see the Rabbi Shimon doesn't hold of Mukseh, so you think, what's going on? Why, why are all these rabbis telling us about Mukseh? So the answer to that is, yes, Rabbi Shimon holds of Mukseh that we, all, that we mentioned, but specific areas he doesn't, like the concept known as Mukseh Mahmat Mi'us. I'd like to clarify this point of Mukseh Mahmat Mi'us, because we've discussed in the past the concept of graf shalra'i. So here we have a halakha, a graf shalra'i, that tells me that something that's muqseh mahmad gufo can be moved because it's repulsive. Yet we say that Rabbi Shimon holds that there is no such a concept known as muqseh mahmad mi'us, and we rule the halakha that way. So I want to clarify what the difference between them. Muqseh mahmad mi'us. And Garaf Shariah are actually two opposite things, although the, the name sounds similar, but they're actually two exactly opposite things. In Mukseh Mahmat Mi'us, it's an item that is in general a kli, and it's usually a kli lehetir, and because the way it's, it has been used, it became very disgusting, and as a result, there, according to Rabbi Huda, this becomes muksa because it's disgusting. Even though it's really a kli, but since it's disgusting, you it becomes automatically muksa. On that area over there, Rabbi Shimon holds no. Once it's a kli, even though it's repulsive, even though it's disgusting, it's a kli at the end of the day. The repulsiveness, the fact that it's disgusting, does not transform it into muksa. Give you an example. We mentioned last week the example of a person who has a bowl, and a bowl should be and he put out um, cat food inside of it, and now the cat came and ate from it, and it's disgusting, what it left over, it's spitting it, there's all these uh, things, but you know, the food inside of it, it's still there, or maybe the food is clean, but it's disgusting. It's all greasy and, and yucky, but the bowl is nevertheless, nevertheless is a bowl. So, in that area, that's where the mahlokit of Rabbi Shimon and Rabbi Yehuda exists. According to Rabbi Yehuda, the bowl came into Shabbat as a kli. It is a kli shumlachto leheter. But now that the cat ate from him, made it disgusting, it becomes mukseh. Rabbi Shimon says, no. It remains a kli. Even though it's disgusting, we don't, we don't hold of mukseh mahmat mi'us. And therefore, it's still permitted to use it. Another case, another, another practical example, disposables. Let's say you're using disposables. We discussed this in the past, although there are some other opinions, but we came out that disposables are not muksa. You could really use them, even though it, they become disgusting. There's really, you know, it's all slimy and everything else. But since it's a kli, even though you're planning to throw in the garbage, but it's nevertheless a kli, it's still a utensil, and it does not turn into muksa. That's muksa Muhammad mi'us. The opposite of that is graf shalra'i. In graf shalra'i, it's exact opposite. Graf shalra'i is something that's muqseh Muhammad gufo. It's nothing. It's, it's not a keli, it's not a utensil. Like, for example, forgive me to use the example, but that's what they use in the halakha. Throw up. Or uh, the waste of a person. When you want to use number one, two, whatever it is. All these things, the vomit and all these things, it's not a keli. It's not food, it's not edible. Yet, it is disgusting. Because it's disgusting, you're allowed to pick it up and throw it away. Likewise, if you have a rodent, a dead mouse, a rat, 
those things, when they're dead, it's nothing. But now that they're repulsive, when they died, even more so they're repulsive, but because they're repulsive, so it turns the Mukseh Mahmad, it gives me a heter to remove Mukseh Mahmad Gufo if I need to use that room, if I'm sitting in that room. Okay, so that's the example that we said that Rabbi Shimon, we hold like Rabbi Shimon, Mukseh Mahmad Mi'us, we hold that's not Mukseh. However, there's an area where Rabbi Shimon himself holds that it is not Mukseh and we don't go with him. And like we mentioned last week, because we find Rabbi Meir agrees Rabbi Huda on this, so we don't go like Rabbi Shimon. And that's the area of Muqseh Ahmad, the Muqseh And this is so practical, so important. Meaning, if something came into Shabbat as Muqseh, that means I couldn't have access to it because it's forbidden, whatever it may be, then although Rabbi Shimon holds that when the Isur goes away, I'm allowed to use it, we don't rule like him in this area. An example, if a person has, for example, um, uh, what's what we're going to learn about basis later on, if a person has placed something on an eye, on you know he's taken mukse, he placed it on a pillow. Let's say he took money, you put it on the pillow. Now you want it to, to be on the pillow. After Shabbat, the mukse, I mean not after Shabbat, during Shabbat, somebody removed the mukse from the pillow. According to Rabbi Shimon, that pillow should be mutar. Here we don't rule like Rabbi Shimon. Here we say the halakha is like Rabbi Huda that since it came into Shabbat as Mukseh, it remains Mukseh throughout the whole Shabbat. One more concept, and this is an important concept, where Rabbi Shimon will hold, although something is Mukseh Mahmat Isur, it would still be forbidden. And what is that? We find Rabbi Shimon ruling that when fruits that came into Shabbat on the tree, if they fell on Shabbat, even though the Mukseh went away now, right? You don't have to rip it off. You're not going to be over on this surah of Tolesh. Rabbi Shimon holds that they remain Mukseh. Here even Rabbi Shimon agrees. Why is that? And the rule is that over here you have two conditions which make this fruit Mukseh. And these two conditions are needed in order for Rabbi Shimon to agree that it remains Mukseh even though the external reasons that made a mukseh coming into Shabbat are gone. The fruit, it came into Shabbat on a tree. So if it's still on the tree at Shabbat, I can't pick it off the tree. Now that it fell, why can I eat it, according to Bishamon? And the answer is because the fact that I didn't pick it off the tree shows that I don't want it. So I pushed it away. That's called dahiyabiyadaim. I, in my mind, I put, it in, I put it away. I don't want to eat from them. Now, that's condition number one because I did not pick them Therefore, I showed that I don't want them. I was dohe, what we call in Hebrew, pushed to the side. Condition number two is that during the coming of Shabbat, meaning what we know as Ben Hashmashot, after sunset, if I wanted to take the fruits, I wouldn't be able to take it. Why? Because it's on a tree. I would have been doing Isur by pulling it off the tree. So therefore, even though the wind came on Shabbat day and it was so windy like yesterday's storm and it made everything fall, so now, the fruit is not on the tree anymore. It doesn't make a difference. Since it came to Shabbat, with me thinking that I'm not going to have it, and condition number two also, I couldn't take it if I wanted to during Ben Hashmashot, because it was still on the tree, I couldn't, and that will be the Isur of Tolesh. There, Rabbi Shimon will agree 
Now this is known as Mukse Mahmat Isur and will remain Mukse. Another case, which we will come up to probably next week, is a case where a person has a cup of oil and there's a flame and you lit it. So according to if I know that the oil is going to finish on Shabbat, so therefore, I know that I could, so when, when the light shuts off on Shabbat, because the, the oil finished, I could still use a cup of contribution in that case. Why? Because it's a small cup of oil. But if I have a big jar of oil, and there's no way for the oil to shut off on Shabbat, even though somehow miraculously the flame shuts off, contribution since when Shabbat came in, I did not think I'm going to use the oil because Shabbat is not going to allow me because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm expecting it to light throughout the Shabbat. And doing Benesh short, I couldn't have access to the cup over there that's holding the oil or the bowl that's holding the oil because the flame is on it. So in those two cases, Rabbi Shimon will agree that's Mokseh Mahmat Isur. In this area of something coming into Shabbat, the poskim bring out that there's a difference though. If something is coming into Shabbat as Mokseh, there's a difference of how mukse. Um, we said if somebody comes into Shabbat as mukse, whether Rabbi Shimon agrees or not, it remains mukse throughout the whole Shabbat. This is only true if the item will not turn back into a non mukse by its by you know bidei shamayim. Mean to say it's something that will happen on its own. For example, let's say you took some clothing that's wet. And it's soaking wet when Hakamin told us we cannot pick it up because we're scanning in Bidu Sahita. And therefore, when something is soaking wet, came to Shabbat soaking wet on a, on a clothesline, and you left it out to dry in the sun, even though it eventually dried up in the sun, I still cannot take the clothing off the clothesline. Why? Because it's not in my control that the clothing should be dry or not, because the sun may come out or may be cloudy. So I don't have full control of that. However, Something where I do have control over it. Something that came to Shabbat as a mukseh, but I have control over it in a way that's permitted that I could access it on Shabbat. For example, for example, let's say I have food, raw food. We're going to learn about it eventually, but we all know that you can take raw food, put it on crockpot, and let it cook throughout Shabbat. So when Shabbat came in, the food was raw. Raw food we learned is already mukseh. So if raw food is mukse. how in the world are we eating the food on Shabbat? It came into Shabbat as mukse, and it wasn't ready yet. So how, how could you tell me now we could eat food on Shabbat? It's, it should be mukse because it came in as mukse. And the answer is, since over there it's in my control that could be cooked, how? By me putting the right temperature before Shabbat, that I know it's gonna, when Shabbat comes in, it's going to be ready and edible. So that's known as gemarobi de adam. When it's gemarobi de adam, where that means I could control that the mukse should go away on Shabbat without doing an isur, there we agree that the halakha is that it becomes eventually non-mukse. If you did not follow me up till now, it was a little bit complicated, I don't blame you, but I had to say it. Because for those who did follow me, I hope it was helpful. And uh, perhaps when you hear this class a little bit of, uh, over and over again, do a little bit of hazara. Hopefully, uh, it will be appreciated. Okay, now we will move on by Zat Hashem 
to the Ben high inside. We will do perhaps one halakha. I don't think we'll get more than one halakha. But the good news is that by next week, we hope to completely finish the halakhot of Mukseh that we need from the Ben high. And we're up to the last subject of Mukseh, and that is Basis Lidbara Asur. The Basis Lidbara Asur is a little bit of a complicated subject. It happens to be, it's hard. It's hard, but with a few rules, it wouldn't be so hard. And you should know it is practical. It's very, very practical. It's halakha le in a lot of areas. So let's get straight to the halakhot. And we'll give a little bit of an introduction to basis debar ha'asur. Let's first define the terminology that we find in halakha. Basis means the base. Same word in English. Basis ledabar ha'asur. A base, something that's made as a base, basically holding something that's forbidden. This is a this is a, an, an area, this is one of the categories of mukseh that tells us that when something comes into Shabbat, although it comes in, in and itself, it's a klish but since it's holding something that's asur, something that is mukseh, then that which is the basis, the basis means the base, that which is being used to hold up the mukseh, has the same status as the mukseh itself. So let's give you a mashal to see to, to discuss exactly what I mean. Money. What's the status of money? By now you should know. Money, the status is good. We want it. No, I mean on Shabbat. What's the status of money on Shabbat? In mukseh that is. And the answer is, money is mukseh Muhammad gufo. Good. If money is mukseh Muhammad gufo, it means I cannot move it for anything. The only thing I could do is we're going to learn later on is move it in an irregular way. Okay? So when I have money that's in a bowl, the bowl itself technically is klis But so long as the money is inside of the bowl, the bowl itself remains, uh, excuse me, the bowl absorbs the status of mukseh of the money, and the bowl also becomes mukseh mahmat gufo because it's there holding the money. This is the halakha on Shabbat. Whenever I find money in a bowl or any muqseh Muhammad gufo on top of any muks uh, on top of any keli that's shimnaqtol leheter. Now, the question is, okay, how does it turn to, what's, what's exactly this whole concept of basis about asur? So, we go to the next point. When the muqseh has been removed on Shabbat. The kids came, they saw a few coins, and they won, they took the coins from the bowl, and they placed them in the tzedakah box. Tzaddikim. Even on Shabbat, they're giving money. Ashrehim Yisrael. Fine. They're obviously, kids don't know. But at the end of the day, ah, my bowl is now free of the mukseh. Can I now move the bowl or not? You would say, why not? The mukseh is not there. You told me it's a basis. When it's a base, it's holding the mukseh. I don't see any mukseh over here. Why should the ball become forbidden? And this is where the halakha of basis kicks in and it tells us that no. There, the halakha of basis tells us that if something came into Shabbat as a basis, which means it came in holding mukseh, even though the mukseh has been removed, the klish lehter remains as the same status as the Muqseh Muhammad Gufo, even though it's not there anymore. 
But in order to become, and this is what's known, becoming a basis. In order to become a basis, though, you need to have conditions. And here are only a partial list of the conditions. The reason why I call it a partial list because you open up all this poskim, Baruch Hashem, big hachamim, and a lot of big hachamim have done a big service to, to us by writing different sefarim on the subject. And they'll bring conditions, but the conditions are there, you know, based on different shitot. I didn't bring all the conditions of basis over here because each detail will be discussed later on in its own place when we get to it. So this is a very shortened, abrived, uh, you know, list of the conditions that in order to make something basis. Really, there's more, and there's much more to clarify. But as we go through the Benish High, we'll bring out those points. But these are things that basically everybody agrees on. In order for something to have the status of basis, and keep in mind, whenever we say something has a status of basis, I'm referring to that otherwise I would have been able to move it. I can move a bowl on Shabbat. I can move a pillow on Shabbat. I can move a table on Shabbat. I can move a chair on Shabbat. These are all examples of when it comes, and when it has the mukseh on top of it, when it has the money on top of it, or something else that's mukseh Muhammad gufo, then already the chair becomes the basis, or the table, or the pillow becomes a basis to the money. And that's, in order for that to happen, in order for to become a basis, number one is, everybody agrees on this, it must be placed before Shabbat comes in. That's what we call before Ben Hashem, before sunset. Now when you accept Shabbat, but before actual Shabbat. So if you like to accept Shabbat 45 minutes beforehand, and something was placed on the Klishim Lachtoleheter before you accepted Shabbat, but before Shabbat actually came in, it was removed, then the item does not become a basis. Basis has to be before actual Shabbat comes in, which is by sunset. That everybody agrees on. It must be placed there before. In the case where some Mukseh was placed, Mukseh Mahad Gufo, that is, like for money, for example, money was placed on a Kriyusimachtoleter on Shabbat, then the bowl. The bowl, which is that's holding the money, is only a basis as long as the money is there. Once the money is removed somehow, the bowl goes back to its original status. In order to retain its status of mukseh, of basis, even when the mukseh is removed, the item has to have been placed before Shabbat. But that's not all the conditions, there's more. Number two is, it must be placed there with the intention to be there on Shabbat. We're going to talk more about this detail later on. But everybody agrees that it has to be done with intention. Mean to say, if you had no intention, you, 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 you just happened to throw something down, or you put it there a few days before Shabbat, not thinking it's going to be there on Shabbat, then everybody agrees it's not going to become mukseh. Because you're not thinking that it should be there for Shabbat. You just happen to have placed it there. Basis can only be created when a person has kavana, when a person has intention, that he wants the Mukseh to be there on Shabbat. Again, this has a lot of detail, but Zat Hashem will get to it today. Number three, the Mukseh has to be there, although we mentioned a little bit beforehand. The Mukseh actually must not just come in uh, into Shabbat on top of the Kishmachtol Heter. In order for something to be a basis, 
the action muksay has to be there through throughout Ben Hashemashot. And again, this also has some discussions, mahlokit. We'll get to a Bazat Hashem as we go through the Ben Ishai. Now, with this little bit of, uh, of uh, introduction, we'll go now to Parashat Vayigash in the Ben Ishai, Shana Shaniyah, Sakinir Halakha Yud. We'll read a little bit from the Ben Ishai, a few halakhot, and then a few, it's all really one big halakha, but we'll point out all the laws that we learned and the things that Bazat Hashem will learn about and talk about the different opinions where there is a mahlokit. Let's begin. Ishah brings us a case. Let's say a person forgot money on from Friday on top of a pillow. And now you need this pillow to sleep on it on Shabbat. You come in and you see that you left money on your pillow. And you remember, oh yeah, I rushed home right before Shabbat, and I was in a crazy rush, I was taking off my weekday clothing, I took off, I took the money, I took uh, the $5 I had, or the coins, and I just dumped it on my pillow, and I ran into the shower. Came out of the shower, got dressed, and ran to shul. Now I come back Friday night, after my meal, I want to sleep, I see money on the pillow, I need to sleep on the pillow. What's halakha? Obviously I can't move the money, but the pillow I need. So says Ben Ishai over here, the halakha tells us, and in, in the Shohan Aruch as well, what you could do is, shake off the pillow, shake the money off the pillow, and then the money will fall there. But what you cannot do is, you cannot pick up the pillow, and then shake it off to the side. You have to actually shake the money right there, shake it off the pillow, and then you could use the pillow. A few pointers over here. Number one is, the key word over here is shakah. You forgot. Like we mentioned in the conditions, in order for something to become mukseh, or at least, excuse me, in order for something to remain basis throughout Shabbat, then it has to be done with intention. Our example that we're giving here is a case where a person forgot. He didn't think about it. He forgot that he put money on the pillow. He was rushing. He was trying to get into the shower. He just threw, took it off his, uh, you know, took out his money from his pockets and he dumped it on the pillow. So in such a case, it will not be a case of, what? Basis. But, so long as the money is still on your pillow, then the pillow cannot be moved because it's holding up the money. So what do you do in that case? Benishai says, you shake the pillow. You shake the money off your pillow by, you know, you... By shaking the pillow, that's it. You take you take your pillow, you don't pick up the pillow, you just shake it off. This is what's known as Tiltum Natsad. We've spoken about it in the past, but now we're going to discuss it in, in detail. There's a halakha that tells us that Tiltul Natsad Litzorech Dabar HaMutar is Mutar. Whoa, what does that mean? This is a, uh, a terminology that we have to know. Tiltum Natsad, what does it mean Tiltum Natsad? Tiltum Natsad, unlike its name implies... The tool tzad, you know, does that mean that you, you move the tool in an abnormal way? The tzad means when I use a non mukse item to move something that is mukse. That's called the tool tzad. So, for example, let's say I have a phone on my table and the phone is mukse mahmat hasan kis. It's a brand new iPhone 6. Okay? I don't have an iPhone, but they tell me it's a hush of a thing to have an iPhone 6S. That's a big one. It's very expensive. 
So it's therefore it's in the category of muksim hamatis on kis. Now, I come to the shabbat table or I come to whatever, wherever it may be, and I see the phone right there in the spot where I want to eat. So if it's been a regular phone, it's kli isur, I'm allowed to pick it up with my hands and move it away. But now it's in the spot where I want to eat. I want to use that spot. So what I could do, the Akha says, I could do tutum and which means I could take a tissue box, which is and using the tissue box, I could move the phone away from the spot that I need to use. That would be permitted. You know why? That's called tiltul minatsad, which is using the tissue box to move the iPhone 6S, which is muqseh mahmat, excuse me, muqseh mahmat keys. And I'm using it, I'm doing it while it's sorek dabar that's a condition that's needed. And that could only be done because I need, I'm doing it for the, something that's mutar, which is the area that I need to use, I need to eat over there. However, if I'm doing to tumunat sad, if my whole purpose of moving the iPhone is really for the sake of the iPhone, for example, the iPhone is on my desk and I have a drawer under it, which is open. But if I keep my iPhone out, forget about it, the kids might take it and uh, something might fall on it and it's going to crack the screen. And I want to now push away the phone. If I take the tissue box, and which is and move the phone with the tissue box, I'm not touching the, t- the phone directly. I'm just, I'm, I'm doing it with the tissue box. That case, in such an example, will be known as Mukseh. I mean, Tiltumunat Saad Litzorech Dabar Ha'asur. Yes, I'm using Tiltumunat Saad. I'm using the tissue box, which is Mutar, to move the iPhone success, which is Mukse. But I'm not doing it because I need that location. I'm doing it to protect the phone. Oh, it's for the sake of Dabar Ha'asur, then it will not be permitted. I will not be able to do what's known as Tiltul Minhat Saad. Back to our case of the pillow. The money's on the pillow. I need to use the pillow. So the pillow is a klisbachtoleheter. And the mukse, which is the money, is on the pillow, was placed there by accident. I didn't do it intentional. So now I need to use the, to move the money. I can touch the money directly, but I can use the pillow to shake off the money. That means I'm moving the money through the pillow. The that's called tutumunatsada. The pillow, which is is being used to move the money so I could lie down on the pillow. Ah, but the money was on it. Even though it's what off, why isn't the pillow remain as basis? And that's what we said beforehand. Because shakah, you didn't put it there with intention that it should be there for Shabbat. You forgot. And that's how it's permitted to do what we just said. Now, Benish I continues. He tells us another detail regarding Tultum Natsad, which is also a halakha. Vim tsarik makom hakar, makom If I need the place of the pillow, that means I want to sit down. The pillow is on my couch. And on the, you know, sometimes you sit on the couch and money slips out of your pocket. So now it slipped down on Ayyub Shabbat. Money slipped out of my pocket. It's on the pillow. I come to sit down on Shabbat. And I need the, you know, I like the edge, you know, where the armrest is. I like to put my arm over there and the pillow is there. So if I shake off the pillow, if I shake the money off the pillow, it doesn't help me because the money will still be on the couch. So in that case, since I need the location of the mukseh and I'm doing the tumnat sad, 
I could pick up the whole thing. I could pick up the pillow together with the money and move it away. Why? Because by shaking it off, which I'm allowed to do, that's Satum Latsad, because I need that location, I won't gain anything because I'm still needed. I still need that spot. The money is just going to fall on top of it. I'm not going to gain anything. I'm still going to sit on top of the money, which is not going to be comfortable. So therefore, Tatum Latsad, although we tell you usually shake off the Mukseh, you can carry the mukseh together with the isu. Uh, he can carry, excuse me, the klis together with the mukseh. Here, if I need the location of the item, I could pick them all together. I pick them all up and move them away. That's halacha that we find in Shohan Aruch. That's brought from the Gemara. If I have a stone on top of a barrel, the stone mukseh mahad gufo, and the barrel. Um, which has the wine inside of it. I want to pick up the barrel and move the stone. Really, you're supposed to shake off the stone from the barrel. But if I pick up the barrel together with the stone, because there's other barrels around, because I need its location, I can pick them all up and move them away. Next, let's continue in the Benish High. But if a person has money on top of the pillow, and now he sees, you know, wow, it's not $5. I can't believe it. I had a stack of a few hundred dollars and a few checks that are all written out to cash. He has a total of maybe five, six thousand dollars. It's payday, you know, Friday's payday, right? So he forgot it all on the pillow. But now he doesn't need the pillow. If a guy is coming home with five thousand dollars on one day, you know, he's got enough money. But he's worried. Maybe the housekeeper is going to come on Shabbat tomorrow. Maybe she'll, she'll take it away. Or maybe the It'll fall and I won't be able to find it. The kids will think it's Monopoly money and uh, they'll use it for Biur Hametz. And therefore, you want to sh- move away the money. You want to pick up the pillow with the money. You want to move it away so you could put it in a safe place. Even though you're not touching the money directly, I'm only touching it through the pillow. Asur. That is Asur. Why? Because there, there we have the case that we just said. It's Tultul Min Hatsad. I'm using the pillow which is mutar to move the money which is asur, but let's talk about asur. It's for the sake of the money, to protect the money. In that case, that is forbidden. Okay. Now, Ben Shai continues and he says, When did I tell you you could shake off the money that's on the pillow and the pillow becomes mutar to use on Shabbat? That's only That's only if he had intention to really remove them before Shabbat came in. And you happen to forget yourself. But if you had placed them on the pillow with the intention that they should be there for Shabbat. So obviously nobody places money on the pillow. So let's give you another example. You took, you have a tissue box on your desk, on your table. And you want, you don't want to look for your money afterwards. You have nobody who's going to play with the items. Nobody's going to take your items away. Nobody's coming to your house that you know you don't trust. You take the money, you put it on top of the tissue box because you want it to be on top of the t- tissue box to remind you that you need to pay someone. So there, you took your money or your wallet in such a case, which is Muqsa Muhammad Gufo. You placed it on top of the tissue box intentionally that it should be there. So this way, Muqsa Shabbat reminds you what you have to do. Then, oh, it's a different deen. Such an example. The Also, it becomes Mukseh Mahmad Gufo. And you cannot move it at all. 
in our example that we gave, you placed your money on top of your tissue box on your desk, the tissue box, became, which is usually also becomes and even somehow the money came off your tissue box on Shabbat, the pillow becomes forbidden. That's the case of the Ben Yisrael. In our example, the tissue box, even though there's no money on it on Shabbat anymore, but since it came in Shabbat that you want it to be there, it becomes Mukseh, and this is what's known as a basis. And here's the Benish Hai's line. If during the duration of Benash Mashot it was Basis Asur, after Habanash Mashot, even though right after Benash Mashot, they took away the Mukseh, it doesn't make a difference. The pillow becomes Asur, or in our case, the, the tissue box remains Asur like the money throughout the whole duration of Shabbat, it becomes Muqseh Mahmad Gufo. Now, obviously, that's only for that Shabbat. So now, Ben Yishai mentioned that the whole heter to the pillow that we gave beforehand of shaking the money off the pillow is only when you forgot. This concept of forgetting really is not just a person forgot. Really, the halakha says, in order for something to become basis, you have to have intention that it should be there on Shabbat. But here we have a mahlokit rishonim. Between Trumat Hadeshin, this is Rabbeinu Baruch, excuse me, not Trumat Hadeshin, sorry, Sefer HaTerumah, Sefer HaTerumah, Mehla, Sefer HaTerumah, Rabbeinu Baruch, Tosafot also goes this way, versus Rashi and other rishonim. What does it mean when the halakha says that to make something basis, I have to have intention that it should be there? According to Sefer HaTerumah, in order for something to become basis, I need to have intention that the mukseh should be on top of the klish mechtol heter for the duration of the entire Shabbat, like the mashal that we gave. I have a wallet, that's mukseh Muhammad gufo, and I put it on a tissue box. According to Sefer HaTerumah, I must have in mind that it sh should be there until Mutsai Shabbat. If my kavana was it should be there only, let's say, until Shabbat afternoon. And then Shabbat afternoon, I'm going to go to move it. According to Sefer Teruma, then once a goy removes the money off the tissue box, the tissue box comes back to becoming mutar. That's the opinion of the Sefer Teruma. However, Rashi, other Rishonim disagree with Sefer Teruma. And in fact, the Bet Yosef himself, Maran in Shulchan Aruch, really rules against this opinion, and he holds that if your kavana, if your intention is that this mukseh is gonna be removed, and pay attention, if your intention is that this mukseh is gonna be removed on Shabbat, the klis bakhtol leheter remains mukseh. Why? Because you had kavanah that should be there during the duration of Ben Hashmashot. This is a very important point. According to the halakha that Moran Shahanu goes with, as long as your intention was that it should be there just for the duration of Ben Hashmashot, and Ramosha explains what does it mean, duration of Ben Hashmashot? It means whatever you hold Ben Hashmashot is. That means if you hold like a Benu Tam, okay, so 72 minutes later, if you hold like the Geonim, 13 and a half minutes later, whatever you hold Ben Hashmashot is, or when it begins, 
if your kavana is that it should be there during Ben Mashot, even if you wanted to remove it later on on Shabbat, it stays Mukseh Mahmat Gufod. It becomes what, what we know as Ibasis. And therefore, the Halakha tells us, because really that's the opinion of Maran, is that if a person came and placed Mukseh Mahmat Gufod on a Klishmachtoleter, with the intention that she be there in the coming of Shabbat, which is Ben Hashmashot, then even though the Mukseh is somehow removed after Shabbat, or a person had Kavanah to remove it and he got to go to move it on Shabbat, it still retains the Klis Bakhtol remains Basis and it stays Mukseh throughout the entire Shabbat. However, the Biblia Halakha brings down in the name of the Bah, and in a case where it's Shat Dahak, a person could rely on the opinion of the Tirumat uh, edition. This is actually Tirumat edition, my mistake. Uh, I mean, it's Sefer Tirumat. This is the opinion of Sefer Tirumat. Okay. Another question is, we said that it has to be there on, the Mukseh has to be on the Kishma Akhtol Heter during Ben Hashmashot. Here again, we find Mahloket between the Mishnah Berura and the Grot Moshe. Contra Moshe Feinstein, if the Mukseh was placed on, on a Klis Machtol Heter at any time during Ben Hashmashot, even for a minute, and obviously with the intention that it should be there for that minute, it makes it Mukseh, it makes it in Basis, remains Mukseh throughout the whole entire Shabbat. However, Mishabara says no. In order for it to become a Basis, it has to be there for the entire Ben Hashmashot. It cannot only be there just for a moment. It has to be from the beginning to the end of Ben Hashmashot. And in fact, Shohan Aruch Arav also is the same opinion as Mishnabirura, as well as Hazon Abadiyah, he also rules like Mishnabirura. I did not find too many uh, supporters to the opinion of the Igrot Moshe that hold that any time Ben Hashmashot can make something into a basis. Okay, once we got that out of the way, we want to discuss now another important point, and that is, we mentioned in Ben Hashayv, a person forgets something, you place, let's say, the Mukseh, Mahmad Gufo, on Tabel Klish Mechtol Heter, if you did it by accident, you forgot it, it becomes, we said, what we call, uh, a bas- uh, it does not become a basis, you could shake it off. There are other cases also that, not only if a person, you know, did it unintentionally, forgot about it, there are other cases also, that we consider like as if you forgot it there. What, for example, we find that an item that was placed, I mean, let's take it in Mashal, if you put money in the bowl on Tuesday and you forgot about it, you didn't have the intention that you're going to remove the money out of the bowl. You forgot about it. That's not the place of the money. You just happened to place it in the bowl and now Shabbat came and you want to use the bowl. Can you use the bowl? Could you shake the money off the bowl and use the bowl? Or do we say the bowl becomes a basis? Here, the Lachat tells us that since it was placed before Shabbat, and you didn't have the intention that it should be there on Shabbat, here the Lachat tells us that it become it does not become basis, even though you didn't think about removing it, but still you didn't have intention that it should be there either. However, this is only if you placed it on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday. When you put money in a bowl, on Friday, without thinking that it should be there for Shabbat, we found a mahlokit between Trumat Hadeshin and the Beit Yosef. 
Content Tumat Edition, if you place it on Friday, Arab Shabbat, or Arab Yom Tov, that is, if you place money in the bowl, without thinking that it should be there for Shabbat, but you place it there, but you didn't have the intention to remove it either, then when Shabbat comes in, the bowl becomes a basis. However, Maran Beit Yosef disagrees, and Maran holds, although he doesn't bring it clearly in Shohan Aruch, like clearly says in Beit Yosef, he holds that if you place money, even on Friday, in a bowl, as long as you didn't have a positive intention that it should be there throughout the duration of Shabbat, or at least throughout the duration of Ben Mashot, the bowl does not become muksa. So if a person placed money in the bowl without thinking, going to the Beit Yosef, if you realize on Shabbat that the money is there, and you, you know you didn't obviously you didn't want it to be there, or at least you didn't think about it, you could check off the money and use the bowl. Next, one last thing before uh, we take our phone calls or we go away. As I said, till next week we'll continue. One more halakha, and that is another case where a person could place mukseh without making it a basis. For example, if a person doesn't have intention that the mukseh should be there, just he has no other option. I'll give you an example to make this a little clearer. Person takes candles or Shabbat candles. And he places them on a tablecloth on the dining room table. Now, really, why are you placing your candles on the Shabbat table? Like we learned in Ben Hagash Kenazim, they light their candles on the table itself. So now, really, I don't want to place it on the tablecloth, but I have no choice. I can't put it directly on the table. So I have to put it on the tablecloth, and then, because that's the only way I could get it on the table, but I couldn't care less that it should be on the tablecloth. So in that case, the table... Even once I remove the candles from there, the table remains mukseh because I want to be on the tables. But if the goy or somebody removed the candlesticks on Shabbat, the tablecloth itself does not become mukseh because I didn't care that it should be on the tablecloth. The, the tablecloth just got into the way between the candlesticks and the table. Another example is if I place mukseh by accident somewhere. And let's say I opened my drawer and I chucked my money inside. And it landed on something that I didn't want it to be there on Shabbat. In that case also, according to the Magen Abraham, you, that doesn't make the item that's inside my drawer a basis, even though money fell on it. For example, I have in my, in my uh, what's it called? I have a uh, tissue box in my drawer. And I put the money in my drawer. I didn't think it's going to go in the tissue box. I just chucked it there because there's no other room. And now I come on Shabbat and I see that the money is on top of the tissue box, then I cannot, it, it, the, the tissue box does not become basis. I can shake off the money and use the tissue box afterwards. Although there's a mahlokit against uh, over here, the Magen Abraham, uh, excuse me, the Taz argues on the Magen Abraham, still the Mishnah rules like Magen Abraham and so do many other Ahronim as the Sha'atim brings down. So therefore, in such a case, a person could also be lenient. See, running out of time. We have to stop over here. Next week, we'll pick up a little bit from Basis, the Hachot of Basis. We'll clarify a little bit more what we spoke about today. And then, Mazat Hashim, we'll move on, hopefully, hopefully, finishing all the laws of Mokseh, Mazat Hashim. And we'll tell you what, what's going to come up afterwards, Mazat Hashim. Thank you for joining us. Uh, the number to call in if you have any questions, to clarify, or to ask. 718-683-5858. You can text in also 347-927-8398. This class will be aired on again tonight at 10 o'clock. I want to give a thanks as usual to Iran 
Nisim and the whole JRoot Radio staff. Thank you for hosting us. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful week. Shabbat Shalom. We'll see you next week. Rosh Hashem.